brain Welcome into his frequency Enter at your own risk Come be at peace with me Ask the call Where we rise and don't fall Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, today I have a special guest with me. She is the Chief Operating Officer at Surgeon's Choice Medical Center uh, based in Southfield, Michigan. Stephanie Prihowski. Prihowski. Did I, did, did I nail it? You nailed it. Okay, Great good, good. Welcome to Baxter's Buzz. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Happy yeah. So um, my um, experience with Surgeon's Choice is I know that um, you all are a part of the Southfield Chamber where I'm a board member and an ambassador there. Um, I visited the facility. I love it. Um, it's one of those places that once you realize that it's there, you realize that you can't unsee it. It's like right slap, you know, in the middle of Southfield, you know, very accessible. And a, it's just a really nice facility. Thank you. I appreciate that. I like to say we're a hidden gem. That's right. That's right. Um, so you are currently in this sort of COO role, but that's not where you started. Talk about some of the the uh, positions that you held and, and you know, how you um, started with, with Surgeon's Choice. Okay, absolutely. So I'll try to keep it short because I, I probably could go on for the duration of this podcast. But um, I've been in healthcare for just over 16 years. I actually started um, in the hospital setting as a surgical instrument uh, tech, where I cleaned instrumentation uh, for the operating room for um, um, use in surgical procedures. So I kind of got my, my foot in the door there and uh, I've never really stepped out. So from there, I went into nursing and I got my bachelor's degree and moved on to get my master's in nursing. And I'm also currently enrolled right now in my, uh, my MBA through Oakland University. And uh, through that, I, I've gotten my role here at Surgeon's Choice, but I didn't start as the CEO, as you mentioned, but I started as the Director of Nursing and Surgical Services, where I oversee um, nursing policy and procedure, uh, the staff, as well as surgical services, which is your, your operating rooms and your pre and PACU areas. And um, from there, I have continued to be um, uh, given opportunities. And I'm one of those people that I'm a yes before no person. So I say yes to just about every opportunity um, that I have come my way. And uh, I found myself here and uh, I just celebrated my fifth uh, year here um, in March. And um, I, I've never looked back since I, I came to Surgeon's Choice. So I'm very grateful for all it is the has offered me so far. That's very cool. Um, talk, yes before no. Uh, talk about about that and that attitude and what is that like? What does that mean to you? And then how did you how did have you always had it? Did you sort of develop it over the years? So um, I've kind of always had that um, when a door opens that I should walk through, and um, the yes before no actually is going to come come back into, I think, one of our, our following questions, but it has a lot to do with, you know, how I uh, live life and how I, I, and how I work life. Uh, so, you know, with that mindset, I believe that we can always, you know, 
that's how we grow and that's how we learn. Because from each yes, maybe it didn't go the way that we had intended, but it might open to another door. Um, and so uh, when it comes to my personal life, when it comes to my work life, when it comes to my staff, um, I always encourage um, our, each, each and every one of us to, to really see how far we can go. Because we don't know if we don't, if we don't go put ourselves out there. Um, and that's kind of how I, my philosophy here um, as a COO and as, as, a, as um, a fellow colleague and mother and friend. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that um, it took me a long time to realize this myself, and I have to still remind myself of this is like, the, the only time I, you really sort of fail is when you don't make the attempt, right? There's always things that we can learn from, from uh, just sort of jumping out there and attempting something. It may not be the exactly the, the desired outcome, but you've learned something and maybe the next, you know, you'll hopefully you'll get a little further the next time and you'll understand like maybe a different route to take or, you know, take those experiences into, into the next sort of opportunity. So, so I love that um, you are um, uh, a mom, a work of working mom for sure. Um, yes. With, with two little ones, we talked about a little bit before we went on air. How have you navigated um as a working mom specifically, I know we'll we'll talk a bit more about like your your role and how you had to pivot some things, at, at, you know, in your COO role. But as a working mom throughout this pandemic, like with with little ones, right? Um, right. How have you been uh, been able to to navigate these these murky waters? So. Um... I'll start with, I have a, a four-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. My daughter actually was born two days before the lockdown. So um, uh, it was an entirely different experience as a mother uh, when I had my daughter versus my son. And um, I think it, it, it's really shown me how to, um, the importance of balance. I know we've talked about in, in work-life balance, uh, but really really what does that mean and what does that look like and at the at the end of the day like if we were to look at ourselves in, in 30 years and work our way backwards who is there at the end of the day with us and you know when I think of myself in 30 years I think of you know my grown kids with maybe grandkids my husband and um with the uncertainty that COVID has has brought to all of our lives it's really you know our careers are important, but also are the people that are there supporting us through, you know, those career, you know, um, successes. And we have to put just as much energy, if not more, into the people supporting us through that, through our career and our professional lives. But because at the end of the day, our family is what's going to be there. That's the ones that um, are going to be that we, we I, at least I envision my life with them. And that's what brings me joy. Um, so I've had to almost like unwind my brain to be, you know, cause I've been told just, you know, I, I, I am, I'm a goal setter. I'm a planner. Um, and with COVID there was no planning, right? So you kind of just have to be able to adapt and be flexible and, uh, really know at the end of the day, what's important. Who do you, who do you see next to you? Um, and put the energy into those people. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be tough, right? Because you you have these different things pulling pulling on you, um, career things. You're you know supporting 
a staff, right? You, you have a family and then these little people that they don't know anything without you, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, I, it, it was, you know, the lockdown was, was tough in a lot of ways, but it, it was it was nice to, I finally had a chance to like take a deep breath, you know? It's like so much go, go, go for years, just go, go, go. And it was, you know, you, it was like a, a, a badge of honor, you know, when you sacrifice certain things, right? It's like, well, they're, they're so ambitious. They're doing all this. And then you realize, wow, okay, it's just me, my wife and these kids. So like, you know, right, exactly. it, it, it changed your perspective, right? Absolutely. And, and I, and, and that's what I try to do here, knowing that I try to be the leader that I always try to be able to put myself in and um, whether it's my employee's shoes or my patient's shoes and always try to have compassion for what they might have had to try to leave at the door when they came into work that day or they, they came into the hospital that day. Because um, knowing that those those are now competing demands that we have. And for a long time, I really believe that we were told to leave emotion at the door. You need to check yourself. Um, vulnerability is a weakness. Uh, and that's not really, that's not what, what I'm seeing anymore. I'm seeing a shift where the people want to be heard. They want to be felt. They want people to relate to them and especially their employer, you know? So how do we support those employees that now have had that, that perspective shift on the importance of family and work and how they play together, um, and how do we navigate that as an organization to provide an environment that they can have both? Yeah, the, the in general, everyone hasn't adopted this. It sounds like you you guys definitely have. It's uh, just a more inclusive um, environment. And yeah, we we long gone are the days of just these one dimensional people showing up, right? It's like, oh, I'm just here to work you know, regardless of what, what I have going on in my life, that's just not, it's not healthy, you know? And, and we talked a bit about like just the pandemic, but like the impact that it's had on like mental health for, for everyone, like speak Absolutely. to, to your experiences around, around the, the issues that we've been dealing with, with mental health. And then how have you, had, uh, tried to support your your team members um, throughout this process. You know, maybe learning things that you didn't know about them, or or maybe them uh, sort of experiencing some some mental health issues for the first time during during the pandemic. Right. So mental health is um, is definitely huge right now, and it's actually a big part of my uh, my passion right now in trying to really understand. And so that I can be more aware, not just for my, my employees, but my, my, my personal life. Um, right now, it's estimated that there's play, uh, around 264 million Americans that suffer from depression. Mm -hmm. And two thirds of those individuals will not seek treatment. And so that's just, to me, that's an astonishing number to know that. And a lot of what I've seen and what I've seen come out of the pandemic is going into the pandemic, a lot of people, the mental health um, as, an, as the diagnosis of an illness was very taboo. It was very, there was a stigma surrounding it. Um, and 
how do how do we as an organization break down that stigma and and really get to the people to say you need to talk about mental health in a safe space um, because you can't you, you shouldn't battle it alone. Um, a lot of what I've put my energy into is awareness. Um, I actually um, I don't know if you've heard of the uh, the TED Talk. Um, the speaker, uh, Simon Sinek, he offers a lot of leadership videos, but one of them that I especially liked was um, uh, good, how good leaders make you feel safe. Mm. And I actually was so compelled by the video. I think it's like 10 minutes that I shared it with anybody that that would, was willing to, to watch it because it offers so much around um, that a good leader will make you feel safe so that you feel empowered to have the conversation or break down that stigma in your own mind and, and ask for help. And so I really think an organization as an, as a the operating, chief operating officer and, um, you know, as, as a, in my personal life, like we need to create some psychological safety around mental health. Um, and that's really starting with awareness, what are the, what understanding what the risk factors are and creating trust in your, in your environment. So that you can you can support those individuals that might might not that might be part of the two thirds that didn't want to ask for help. Yeah. So I feel like you are. Um, I feel like you're probably the chief operating officer at home too. So you can call yourself the COO at Surgeon's Choice and at home if you want. If that would just make it easier for you, I I imagine that you can't just turn that part of your brain off right yeah. if you were to ask my husband he would probably uh, agree with you 110 <laughs> so um so yes i i can do that and that's probably what i say <laughs> <laughs> now um you talked about these these folks um you know you're you're in healthcare. um you know i'm in the insurance industry and you know what we talk when we talk to our clients about just wellness in general it's all you always have to be mindful of these folks with these no no claims, right? Because they don't that doesn't mean that they're healthy. That just means that they haven't gone to 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 seek any sort of treatment and to you know really be assessed. And when you when you talk about that from a mental health standpoint, two-thirds of those folks um won't go and seek treatment. That's that's dangerous. That's that that's a you know that's a very volatile situation when you think about it. Now, granted, there's different levels of you know what you know depression or, or what people are dealing with, but at the same time, um, we have to just whether it's our friends, our family, our coworkers, the you know the folks that we support report to us. We got to figure out how to create safe spaces so that they feel comfortable like seeking seeking out help, like you said, and creating those safe spaces. Like, is there something that you all are doing or something that you're working on um, that to be even more proactive around, around creating those safe spaces? So, uh, yes, I, I feel that creating that safe space is, is an everyday, multiple times a day um, interaction that I have with my employees. Um, and it's, it's really, you know, cause as a leader, if I acknowledge and I accept, and I am open to mental health, uh, that, you know, that my employees will, 
I, my feeling is they'll believe that then it's okay for them to do that as well. And so I try to like pulling my staff into watching the video on Simon Sinek or um, having uh, one-on-one conversations where I start the, the conversation in the first five minutes, we just talk about how are you and what is going on in your life and how can I support you in that? Um, there has to be a genuineness to, to the conversation. Um, and you it can't, as a leader, it can't just be checking a box. Like, okay, I, I checked on them. They told me they were okay. Um, it has to get more, more deep than that. It has, you know, as the leader, you have to be aware and you have to have emotional intelligence to understand a situation. And when somebody could be holding something back um, that, you know, you don't want to push them to where they're uncomfortable, but you want to make sure they understand that you are, you are, um, a safe place, as you mentioned, but also um, organizations have employee assistance programs. Should the employee not be comfortable, we as leaders have to be well-versed in what we can offer for them to say, okay, if, you know, if there, if there's anything that is on your mind and you'd like, you'd like um, to talk to someone here, you can call this number. And then it's a, you know, I don't have to know anything about it, you know, because right. some people you want to keep that private. And that is absolutely hundred percent. Okay. My, my goal is to make sure that they have what they need to be mentally um, well. Um, And I do believe that starts to at the top where you have your employees have to know that you care and they have to know that you're in it with them. I think the days of the hierarchy of the top down um, is not really what, what is needed. It's right. I shouldn't say needed, but there, there's also a cultural shift in that as well, where the employees want to know that at the top level that you're, you're going to roll your sleeves up when, when things get a little, little hairy there. So it is a lot of just being able to be in tune with what's happening in your spaces and then providing either on an individual or a group basis, you know, the tools to, to help them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, what I hear you saying is just, it, yeah, it, it starts, it still starts from the top down, but the, the the leadership has to really be sort of invested in, in what, you know, and, and the everyone else has to feel that, um, it, you know, it can't just be lip service, right? Yeah. You, you talked about just this shift, right? And there's all these uh, fascinating things sort of moving and changing kind of at the same time and you can you can kind of see see it um kind of happening in, in real time and with the shift in how we're approaching mental health and you know a lot of organizations are trying to make sure that they are putting even a more a bigger emphasis on their uh their the, their entire staff and that that piece um there's also this thing called the great resignation um, that is, that we're literally still in in the middle of. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a um, HR director, and he he's been in in the HR field for about for, for close to twenty years. And and he told me last week um, that the last two years he's experienced more than he had in the, in the like the first twenty. So like. And I'm like, that's a bold statement. And then he said, he, he's like, oh, I, I don't want to make it seem like it's past tense. 
I'm still in it. We're still dealing with with a lot of these things, right? And a lot of it revolves around uh, recruiting new new team members. It it's about sort of keeping your current employees engaged, and then that retention piece and making it a a destination that that folks want to be a part of, and they want to offer referrals and invite other folks. So this is a great great place to work. So. What are you, what are your thoughts around about the uh, around the great resignation and like um, pro like how are you all being proactive as it relates to the, the retention and recruitment piece? So um, the great resignation. So your your colleague was 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 very spot on that we have we've seen we have seen a, a influx of resignations throughout this time and um, how we've chosen at Surgeon's Choice to approach this and myself and my leadership is, again, it's really getting to know the employee and what, is, what, what are the barriers um, to employment at Surgeon's Choice that would make them seek employment elsewhere. And a lot of what we're seeing is, you know, the, again, the staff want their, that work-life balance is critical right now. You know, with the great resignation, I've seen it also been a statement being that's the great reset. So, and what, how those kind of go hand in hand in my mind is people are leaving because they've had a a reset, a mental reset in the fact of what their priorities are. And so if an organization has barriers to, um, you know, flexibility in hours, that's, you know, with, with childcare, we've, we saw that happen in COVID where, um, Parents had to figure out a way to 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 either be daycare, be a teacher, you know, and keep their full time jobs. And if your employer wasn't able to navigate that and allow flexibility with that, we saw a resignation because family had to come over their career at that point because there's other opportunities out there that will offer those flexible hours for them. Um, And that's where at Surgeon's Choice, we really try to focus on how do we create a culture that people want to walk in the door every day that meets all of their needs in, in, in the workplace and outside the workplace. And, uh, and again, a lot of this too, with the great resignation is we've seen a lot of individuals uh, leave, I think it's an estimated like 47 million Americans have voluntarily left their jobs for flexibility, higher pay, um, and what we're seeing as like the alternative workforce, which is um, jobs that they can get anywhere. So like air, you know, um, Lyft, Uber, um, the Airbnbs, all that is alternative. And so we're seeing, uh, because you can control, you have, as a, as a employee, you have more control of your, of your time and how you, how you work. So the challenge on, on, uh, organizations like mine, um, we don't really have that opportunity, but we have to somehow get creative in that space. Um, and so that's where we have to make sure that when they walk in the door, that they feel valued and there is there's a great culture that they that they want to show up to yeah because just the nature of the business um it doesn't always allow for remote work right right um so surgeon's choice um physician owned yes 100 percent 
um, patient focus, which, uh, believe it or not, isn't always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, um, talk about the inception of uh, Surgeon's Choice and sort of this physician-owned aspect and how it allows you to be more client or patient-focused. Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, Surgeon's Choice is a is 100% physician-owned hospital in the state of Michigan, and it's actually the only 100% hospital left in the state of Michigan owned by physicians. Wow. There are there are physician-owned surgery centers, but um, when it comes to an acute care credited hospital, we're uh, the last one. So definitely just that right there is uniqueness to it. Um, prior to Surgeon's Choice, um, their name was Oakland Regional Hospital. We did a name change back in 2018 to try to be more reflective of who we were, who we are. And at Surgeon's Choice, choice is, is the is the key word there, is that the surgeons have a choice to come here, as patients have a choice to come here, and the employees have a choice to come here. And I think in that word, it, it, it helps to signify some, there's, there's freedom there in that, that the surgeon um, can come here and provide uh, a level of care that he, he, with the organization, you know, helps to dictate. And it, and it is a, it brings more of, again, when we talk about inclusiveness, connectedness, um, feeling part of something bigger. And that's kind of what, what right now we're actually in the middle of re um, looking at our mission, vision and values to really shape that, that understanding and, and put that out into the, into the world that here at Surgeon's Choice, we really believe in that we, we work as a team. We, we, you know, we want to feel connected and in healthcare, there can be some, it can be a little bureaucratic at times. So we want to make sure that we are providing for the patients the best care that they deserve in a, an environment where they see the true you know, connected relationships between the providers, that nursing and surgeons work as a team, that there's trust in the groups and, um, and that, that there's trust in the care that we give them. And, and I, I really just think it's like a, a, a circle that we're all connected. And a lot of times, you know, that's what I was at a major health system before here. And I actually love the hospital I came from, but I, I wanted to have a voice. I wanted to have an impact um, and I wanted to feel really connected to my purpose and what I was doing for that organization. And I found that here at Surgeon's Choice. And the and even the greater thing is my uh, my voice is being heard, and um, I'm helping shape that with the people I work with every day. Yeah. No. And it's as, as sometimes it's just that simple, right? Um, we just want to be heard. We want to know that our ideas matter, and that doesn't mean you know you have to be COO. Right. Or that every every single idea is going to be implemented. But you want people to really give it thought. Um, you know, I've been in, in um, organizations, large organizations where we've been sort of um, mentioning and giving our opinions on on different things. And it's just it's like they don't hear you. And then a, a year later, they're bringing this consultant and this and then the consultant tells you what we've been telling them the whole it's like come on man you know it's um and it's not always easy right because there's 
things that need to be done on a daily basis. There's a strategic aspect, but there's also sort of just a day-to-day operational sort of piece. And that's in, in all orgs. Um, but it's important to build that system in where, where the, the team members can be heard and if there are ideas that can be implemented um, that, that we all do our best to, to work towards those things so that folks know how they're, what they're doing each day, the work that they're doing, the ideas that they have, how it's contributing to the big picture of the organization. Absolutely. And with COVID, it really, you know, there things were changing every day. They're still changing at times. And really, you know, getting with our people and remembering why we started this in the first place. Why, why did we go into the fields we went into? And again, it's, it's about our, our passion to take care of others, our service to the, to our patients in our community and to one another. And that, and that's the part that I really try to make sure comes through is that we need to take care of one another. We're taking care of our patients, taking care of our docs, but taking care of one another that, you know, when we're side by side out there. So, um, and I, and I really think I've seen that make a difference here at Surgeon's Choice uh, because we, we, we not only, like I said, um, say that, but we actually have action behind it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, remember why we started getting into the, the business that we got into, um, the field that we got into, because it can get lost sometimes with everything else that that's going on. Um, I um, have the limited experience that I've had with uh, Surgeon's Choice, the people, everybody's been fantastic. And it's, it's really echoing the words that you've said today. So I could, you know, walk through the building, you can kind of feel, feel it from staff of different, you know, expertise. Uh, everyone seems, you know, really connected. And um, it can be tough, especially in these times where um, you can kind of feel like you're out there on the island. So kudos to you, the rest of the leadership team, and then all the um, the staff for the work that you're putting in and your commitment to making it uh, an, you know, more inclusive environment for, for all folks. And, 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 you know, like you said, the patients that you're taking care of and then all of the actual um, staff that you employ. So. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm very excited that, that I get to do this every day and uh, be a part of something a little bit bigger. So. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to talk about Surgeon's Choice anytime you want. <laughs> well, that, no, this has been great. Um, Surgeon's Choice uh, Medical Center in Southfield, Michigan. Um, like I said, great facility. The only um, physician-owned medical center left in, in Michigan, right? Yep, hospital. Yep, exactly. Hospital, yes. Yeah, so it's kind of a big deal. Kudos to you all. Um, thank you so much for your time today. This has been really good and informative. Um, to any everyone that's listening or, or watching, um, thank you all for your support. Please make sure that you uh, share this great, great conversation with, with folks, especially if you're in the metro area, because I think it's, you know, that hidden gem piece. I think we need to, you know, make sure that we're shining a, a brighter light on what you guys are doing. Um, on behalf of Stephanie, I am Baxter E. Hall. 
I just want everyone to know that you are all capable. You just need to make sure that you embrace your own frequency. So until next time, peace. Welcome into his brain. Welcome into his frequency. Into at your own risk. Come be at peace with me. Ask the call where we rise and don't fall.